we take it every day, we really don't get sick very often anymore. We are not medical professionals, but we also know from personal experience and we think other people should, they should experiment with their own bodies. We take it every day and more if they get sick. Elderberries have a higher concentration of antioxidants than any other berry. That's what's boosting your immune system. My name is Lisa, mother of eight and creator of the blog and YouTube channel Farmhouse on Boone. Join me as I share with you my love for creating a handmade home from scratch cooking and a little mom and entrepreneur life along the way. Welcome back to the Simple Farmhouse Life podcast. I'm noticing that my background is all kinds of cattywampus right now. I've got my armoire open. My lampshade is tilted. If you're watching on YouTube, I guess I'm just not going to get up and change that. We're just going to acknowledge it. Today, we are talking with Brad and Starla Walker from Abby's Elderberry. So abbeyselderberry.com. And we're going to talk about elderberry and how it can be beneficial for your immune system this season, how to get into the routine of taking it, why quality and sourcing matters. This conversation, though wonderful information, was very difficult because of technical difficulties. So right whenever I went to get on to the interview, I noticed that my internet wasn't working. So I switched over to my hotspot on my phone. And then as soon as we were done recording, I got a message from our internet company saying that it was fixed. So that was super frustrating because my hotspot is so woefully insufficient that the lag between the talking between me and then the, the person I'm interviewing, if someone has really bad internet, and in which case today it was me, we have such a lag that I will try to structure the interview in such a way where I ask a whole bunch of questions at one time so that whenever they respond, they can talk a good long while. Otherwise, we're waiting 10 seconds here and there and we're going back and forth and interrupting each other. If you ever feel like I'm interrupting somebody or they're interrupting me, that's because of a technical difficulty. And so today's interview, I'm they were so gracious to continue with it, even though it was definitely a difficult uh, back and forth. And then we'll edit out all of the lags. But just know that's why the conversation may come across a little bit awkward because of the internet issues. So I'm glad that we're still able to get this information out. It's very important right now because as we're heading into cold and flu season, a lot of us moms want to find ways that we can support our kids' immune system and try our best to stay healthy without avoiding seeing other people and washing our hands constantly. I'm definitely not a germaphobe. I tend to just let our immune systems build up, if you will. And it really does, it, it's it's reassuring to have something that can support the immune system. So we're going to talk about that today. Just even if you've heard of elderberry, this is your gentle reminder of an episode to use it. I know that I've had elderberry syrup sit in my refrigerator for months. I feel like I'm all prepared. I'm stocked. I'm ready to go. And then I kind of forget to give it to the kids on a regular basis to actually you know, support their immune system. So this is going to be your gentle reminder episode to get stocked up with elderberry and then the reasons why you should actually use it. So let's dive into this interview with Brad and Starla Walker from abbeyselderberry.com and uh, talk all things elderberry. 
All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate you coming on. We're having some technical difficulties, so hopefully we're able to get through all of this. But let's talk about elderberry, especially as cold and flu season and all of that is coming up. You all provide elderberry so that people can use that for their immune system. I think a lot of people have a lot of questions about that. So let's start with your story and how you started getting into teaching other people about elderberry and providing that and anything else you want to share about you and your family. Thanks so much, Lisa. I have watched your podcast for a long time now, so it's such a joy to be here today with my husband. And we found elderberry Around nine years ago, um, I had a, a new baby, and I was pregnant again and about to have another baby, and he he got sick multiple times, and I tried a kind of gross onion syrup that I made myself because I really wanted to give him nat- natural things, and it just wasn't very good. And so then I found elderberry syrup on a blog... He was, I don't remember, he was maybe 12 months old or something like that, old enough to have honey at that point, um, beyond a year. And I have been making it ever since then and really felt like it helped our family a whole lot. Fast forward to about a year ago and we bought an elderberry business because we already knew about the benefits of elderberry and had been using it for a long time and recommending it already to other people. So we bought the business from a good friend and turns out the recipe they use is so much better than what I'd been making all those years. This recipe is just so powerful and so strong and good. So during cold and flu season, we do use a few other things to supplement the elderberry, but it really, this recipe in particular is really helpful. And we credit elderberry with, I mean, we have eight kids, seven of them in the home with us, ranging from 10 years old to almost eight months old. And so elderberry has been a huge part of just trying to keep us healthy, especially through the fall and winter months. You know, a couple of years ago when COVID came through and all of those things, we were just sucking stuff down and just trying to stay healthy in natural ways. So it's been a huge part of our life for, for quite a while. And we, we're thankful that we have the opportunity to, to now lead Abby's Elderberry, to have that brand and to be able to talk to people about all the benefits of Elderberry. So thanks for having us. Yeah, that's that's some powerful stuff. So has elderberry been used for, like, is this a new fad? A lot of us are just now maybe hearing about this. I've been I've been knowing about it for about a decade, but has this been used through history, elderberry? Yeah, it, if you even go back to um, Hippocrates, I, I believe like 200 BC, the father of modern medicine, he referred to it as the poor man's medicine cabinet uh, or medicine chest where he talked about all of the benefits of the elderberry, even just the whole plant. Mm -hmm. Historically, you have not just the berries, but you have the flowers that have been used uh, in teas. You have the leaves that were crushed and used, um, you know, as topical salves and things like that. You even have the, the main stalks, which are hollow, were even used for musical instruments like flute-like instruments and things like that. So it's extremely versatile plant that's been used for 
hundreds, if not thousands of years. And not only that, but it really is found almost everywhere. So it is a really versatile plant. You can, you can use more than just the berries, but it's also everywhere. You, people probably even have it in their backyard and, and might not even know it. Yeah. I know that we have it around here. I think, is it around now that it's hard, or at least around August that you normally find it in about zone six where I am? Are you familiar with what, when that would be? So it's really easy to spot, especially where we are in Southern Indiana. It's really easy to spot in early to mid June, because that's when the, the bright white blossoms uh, come out. And so it's really easy to identify and to spot from a distance. We would be driving down the road and our seven-year-old would just like stare out the window, just shouting out, there's elder. (laughs) And then uh, you get into mid-August or so uh, to late August, maybe early September, you, you can start harvesting the berries. They're, they're pretty ripe around that, at least where we are. I, I would guess probably where you are also. Uh, we still can go outside and see some. We just can't pick them right now because they're not on our property. And a lot of them are in front of cornfields that have been sprayed. Mm, right. Yeah, that is an issue, the, the sourcing. So your farm is a 15-acre farm, correct? And is that primarily elderberries So or elder, rather? We, we are working to cultivate some strains. So... Uh, we purchased Abby's elderberry from from its founder, John Moody, who actually wrote the elderberry book. It's a great resource, and, and we love to plug it whenever we can. And we're cultivating a strain that he had on his farm as well, so we're looking to add that in. We do some, some wild foraging. Mm-hmm. We do have elderberry on our property that we've um, foraged and preserved and things like that. But just because of sheer volume that we have, and that we are, of our syrups and teas and everything that we're producing, we just could not keep up with the demand that we have on yeah. our own property. Uh, and so we are buying certified organic berries uh, in bulk, 50-pound bags. But uh, it's it's fun to go out and find it mm-hmm. um, on our property to harvest it. It's certainly, I think, the five- to ten-year plan is to to maybe have enough someday to completely... To build that up. yeah. Uh, do all of our own berries, but we're just not there yet. Uh, we also, we have a 15 acre homestead. And so we have, we typically do meat birds, laying chickens. We've had dairy cows in the past, pigs, rabbits. We've kind of done it all on our farm so far. And then we, we hunt in the winter because some of our land is woods. So we will definitely be adding more elderberries in the future, but we also just have a working homestead. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. That makes a lot of sense. I've been to an elder farm before and I could see how it would take just the, the sheer amount. And then I'm assuming too, being able to harvest all of that would be a lot of work. I don't even know exactly how you harvest it other than just by hand. I'm sure there's a, a, another way, like on large elder farms where you can get the berries with a lot less effort. I'm sure there's a mechanized way to do it, but it is, it's quite a bit of work when, when we foraged it and we harvested it, just stripping the berries off of the stems and everything, you know, doing it fresh. There's ways to do it. If you just throw it in the dehydrator, 
you know, the berries will just fall off the stems. If you put them in the freezer, they're really easy to knock off. Mm -hmm. But harvesting fresh berries, you know, you kind of clip the umbral and you get that huge bunch of them. And just trying to strip the fresh berries off of those stems is is pretty labor intensive and tedious. Yeah, I imagine so. I want to take a quick break to tell you about my blogging masterclass. So seven, almost eight years ago, I bought the domain farmhouseonboon.com and started posting on a blog. Since then, I have learned so much. The first several years was just me figuring it out, figuring out what to post, lots of light bulb moments. Spoiler alert, it's no longer a journal where you share what your family's doing and what you're working on. Blogging is a whole different strategy. A lot of people think that blogging is dead, but it is far from dead. It's actually the most profitable part of our business is blogging. So it is by no means dead, but it does require a whole different strategy. And I see a lot of people making a lot of mistakes, even some seasoned bloggers who aren't aware of like how blogging has changed. That is why I have my free masterclass where I show you my four step framework that I use for becoming a full-time blogger. So for over five years now, my husband's been home. We've made blogging a full-time income and you can find that masterclass over at bit.ly forward slash farmhouse blogging school, all one word, all lowercase bit.ly forward slash farmhouse blogging school. I'm inspired by your story I was seeing on your about page on your website that within three years of moving to your farm, you've made this elderberry business your full-time income, which is something that I also find very fascinating. And I love talking with families about when they have a dream like that and then they make it a reality. One of the questions I wanted to ask you is what makes your products that you have on your elderberry store different from those that we could just get at a big box store or Amazon? I know we're all very in my audience, especially, we're very concerned about sourcing and getting a product that, like you said, hasn't been right next to a cornfield. How do we ensure, you know, that kind of thing? Yeah, the the there's a couple big differences. One, we're just a family-owned business. And so we literally are working together to make our products. Um, mm-hmm. we, we employ all of our kids. They, they all have tasks. They... Um, our older ones uh, help with filling jars and labeling and things like that. Some of the little ones just help me uh, do shipping and put labels on the boxes and things like that. So just one difference is we're just a, a true family owned business, but also is, is just our ingredients. We're committed because we started using elderberry before it was a business for us. We're really committed to using the best things. Mm hmm. Because at the risk of sounding like a an eighties or nineties infomercial, right? We're not just we're not <laughs> just business owners, but we're our own customers. We we only want to put good things into our bodies and into our kids' bodies. So we use all of our ingredients are either locally sourced or regionally sourced or certified organic. Mm-hmm. And we make in small batches. And so the small batches ensure like a higher quality assurance that we know that we're making a consistent product every time in these small batches. Um, and because we don't add a lot of, pres- we don't add any preservatives, yeah. no artificial preservatives. So the one downside to that is our product has to be refrigerated, but that's because it's a real product. 
I would say the other thing too is that often Brad is making the elderberry syrup the day of shipment or maybe the day before often. So it's, it's often made to order, um, which is, it's very fresh syrup. And also the, so the elderberries and the spices are heated in filtered water, but then you use a quick cooling process and you add raw honey. So the product that you're getting maintains the integrity of the raw honey. So you're getting good bacteria from good honey and then all the goodness of all the other ingredients. Right. Right. And so it's just, if you're buying a shelf stable product, which we're actually working on making a shelf stable syrup and it will still be good. It's just not, it won't be quite as good. We're wanting to do it as natural as possible. Um, But like, for example, to, to Starless Point this morning, I made a batch, which our small batch is three gallons, approximately three gallons. And that makes 24 of our 16 ounce bottles. I shipped 20 packages out to customers from that batch today. So, uh, we like to, we like to make it and, and ship it out to our customers as soon as possible. So you don't have to wonder how long has this been sitting on the shelf or, or where did it, how long has it been in a warehouse or whatever? Right. Yeah. That's, that is something that's reassuring. So as far as the health benefits of elderberry, that is something that maybe some people need to be convinced of why it would matter, why you would want to start incorporating elderberry into your diet with teas or tinctures or syrups, which is probably the the most recommended way for kids. What are some of the immunity benefits and what what are the health benefits? Is it something that you want to take throughout a cold and flu season or throughout the year? How do you, you have a lot of little kids. How do you approach this in your own home and why? Like what are the reasons behind it? Yeah. So we take elderberry usually from the time that public school kids start to go to school from that time because we're homeschooled, but we start then from then really until April is when we typically will take it every day. And honestly, when we take it every day, we really don't get sick very often anymore. But we also take it much more if a child gets sick or if they get snotty. We we do multiple times a day elderberry syrup, and we give them one teaspoon. Mm-hmm. And so all of this is, there. there is a recommended dose on our bottles. We are not medical professionals. But we also know from personal experience, and we think other people should, they should experiment with their own bodies. So some people might want to take more than the recommended dose, depending on what they have going on. Um, Some people can get away with taking less. So yeah, we take it every day and more if they get sick and elderberries have a higher concentration of antioxidants than any other berry. And so that is really, that's what's boosting your immune system. Yeah. There've been doing studies uh, on the efficacy of elderberry, uh, especially related to like cold and flu, Mm -hmm. uh, respiratory issues that, uh, especially related to cold and flu, several of the studies that that we've looked at have shown a a drastic reduction of severity of symptoms and duration of symptoms. And these like with blind placebo tests and things like that, Mm -hmm. 
They've shown a de decrease in respiratory issues, specifically with air travelers. So for people who, who travel a lot, there was there was a specific study done with elderberry and, and air travel. Um, so it has a lot of those properties that, that help um, those conditions. And then you add to that our other ingredients like ginger and cinnamon that have anti-inflammatory properties and things like that which makes it just a fantastic overall product for, for caring for yourself in a natural way. And it really does. So some of the studies show that symptoms will, will last a week instead of three or four weeks. And that's really what we've experienced is our colds and flus only last for a few days now where they used to sometimes last for a month. Yeah. That that's that's probably very reassuring for a lot of people because as we go into this season, a lot of people struggle with sickness the entire time and just almost dread it because of that. And uh, if elderberry can help, I think that we could be convinced. Now, one thing that I struggle with when it comes to anything that's really good for my kids, like for example, we have a dairy cow and we're getting two gallons a day of, about of raw milk. And I want us to consume that. And I figured it out that if we all each do a half pint jar four times a day that adds up well at least if all the kids do and then like I think that would leave margin for like one person to like slack on it that would add up to two gallons but then the consistency of doing something every day even when you know it's really good for you like four times a day I'm like line up and drink your half pint of milk is difficult and I find the same thing with elderberry I've had some that have sat in the fridge for about a year because you know I'm like okay I I planned to give this to the kids a teaspoon a day per kid all through the winter. And then I ended up letting a few days slide and then I forget all about it. I've done the same mm -hmm. thing with cod liver oil. So for a while, I wanted to get the kids to all take cod liver oil and then I get out of the routine. So what is your routine for that? Or do you have some kind of way that you've figured out how to give all, and you have seven kids mm -hmm. under the age of 10, I think you said, to where they're all consuming it all throughout these months where we seem to have a little bit more sickness. What makes it easy for us is that our kids love it. So that, that goes a long way in incorporating it. I'll let Starla talk about the actual routine, but mm -hmm. that the kids actually enjoying taking it goes a long way in making it happen because they, they will actually ask for it mm -hmm. every night. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I would say the, the beauty of what we do, and I, I think that this could work really well for everyone, but especially people that have lots of children or small children, we have, we sell poor spouts with our elderberry product and you just put it on the bottle. And then honestly, we just have our kids line up and they open their mouths like little baby birds and we just pour oh, a little yeah. in. Mm -hmm. And so realistically, they probably are sometimes getting a little bit more than a teaspoon and they always want a second dose. <laughs> and we, some, sometimes we let them, sometimes we don't. So if you're trying to save money, maybe you'd only give them one, one dose and you'd be really careful about how much you pour in their mouth. But that is a quick and easy way to get it in their mouth. And we just, we make sure we do it once a day for sure. And usually a child will remind us because they really want it because they like it. Mm -hmm. uh, another thing with the cod liver oil is that you could try it. Like one day you could say, if you don't like this and we won't do it again, so that they don't hate elderberry syrup, but you could try mixing it 
Or you could try doing elderberry and with a pour spout on the, I mean, sorry, you could try doing cod liver with a pour spout on top and give them a little bit of that mm-hmm. with a pour spout and then chase it with the elderberry. Mm-hmm. And that might work really well. Yeah. That'd be a good way to kill two birds with one stone. Typically, like, so our pattern is, you know, we have our time together in the evening and right before bed, the kids all get their jammies on and that's when they line up and then they go brush their teeth. After. So for us, it's a daily thing right before bed. It's just part of the bedtime routine every night. Mm, yeah. I think these days they're calling that habit stacking where you take something that you're already doing all the time, like doing your bedtime routine, doing your brushing your teeth and then adding a good thing into it. Yeah. They're calling it habit stacking these days, I think. So I, I like the idea of brainstorming how you could add that in. That's a really good idea. Um, even when something's really delicious, I still find it's like sticking with everybody doing it and just remembering to do it. That That's where I find the challenge. But I like your idea of throwing it in with bedtime. <laughs> I want to take a quick break to tell you about my favorite makeup, and that is Tubes & Co. So Tubes & Co. is an organic, natural skincare line made by a small company, U.S., made in the U.S., based in the U.S., that the the products are not just natural and organic, but they're also really great. I've found that to be a major hole in the marketplace over the last several years. I wanted to wear natural makeup, but I also wanted to have my face look like it was wearing makeup after more than about 15 minutes. I've even tried making my own makeup and a lot of that was just very insufficient. So I have my Tubes & Co makeup. My favorite product is definitely the foundation. I have referred this to so many people in my real life. Everybody loves it. Just the other day, my sister, my youngest sister, tried it for the first time and she was like, wow, I cannot believe the Tubes & Co makeup. It is officially my favorite makeup. So that's been the reaction from basically everybody I've referred it to. I love their mascara. I just started using the natural eye makeup palette. Absolutely love it. My favorite thing is, well, other than the foundation, is the eyebrow pencil. Love that thing. Also a huge fan of all of their skincare. So their cleansers, their serums, always makes my face feel so great, especially as we're getting into some of the colder months and the wood stove's going and everything's all dry. I will apply the serums all throughout the day and use the cleansing oil at night to really cleanse my skin and moisturize it at the same time. Tubes & Co. is offering Simple Farmhouse Life listeners 10% off your order with the code FARMHOUSE over at Tubes, that's T-O-U-P-S and co.com. Tubesandco.com, use the code FARMHOUSE. So as far as like making it your own, because I see you guys also sell the kits and you sell um, elderberry itself. How how do you make that? Or, or when do you recommend the elderberry syrup versus like an elderberry tincture, which I believe you'd either make with alcohol or glycerin. What's the process on that? And then like, when would you choose which one? The tinctures? Yeah. So we, you could give it to babies. I, w- I wouldn't give it to a baby who's not eating solid food yet. So we typically would start at six months or maybe seven or eight months to give them the glycerin syrup. And you can give that to babies. Um, or the, ma- the maple. You could give them maple too. Um, so yeah, you can give uh, two of our different kinds of syrups to infants. And then the rest of them you could give to any 
any child. Um, so we, we have maple, we have glycerin, we have just the elderberry, and then we have honey, elderberry honey syrup. Um, and then we have four different kinds of teas and we have the tinctures and we also do tinctures. So I've heard it recommended that you don't do the tincture with babies, but I mean, you, you could, I do think the tincture is pretty strong, so it can be nice to just drop it on your tongue or maybe a kid's tongue if you don't want to mess around with a syrup. And we do, the tinctures are the, we distill, well, not distill, but we, we let them steep. That's what I was looking for. We steep the berries in, uh, in vodka for at least eight weeks. And so it's definitely a higher concentrated dosage of berries than, than you're going to get in, um, in the syrup even, but flavor wise, you're just getting pure, pure elder and the tincture versus the different soft palate softening things that come with the syrup as well. The tincture just doesn't taste very mm-hmm. good. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. So elderberry we always think of it medicinally, but since it's a food, technically, can you overuse it or like how particular is the dosage amount? Like, would you ever take elderberry? And I realize probably like economically, this wouldn't be very smart because it's it's a pricier thing because it's not massively cultivated or whatever. So um, could you ever like put it all over your pancakes, like an elderberry honey or an elderberry syrup, or is that not advised? Yeah, there's a lot of things that you can do with it. Um and in fact, in John Moody's book that we, like I mentioned that before, he has several different things that, that he recommends with it. Use it as a meat marinade. You can put it over pancakes. We've done that plenty of times. Mm-hmm. We've made jelly out of fresh elderberries that we, that we foraged and, and harvested. Uh, there is, there's really no end to it. Wine is a elder wine is a really big thing when, Actually, when we shared that with some friends close to us that we were taking this step with the elderberry business, it wasn't like, hey, let us know when you're up and running. We'd love to get some syrup from you or we want to get our berries from you. Their first question was, when are you going to make wine? A year in, we haven't done that yet. but And I don't think we can sell that either. <laughs> no, no, no. That's not a commercial product, but... But there is just there is so much that you can do with it. And, and certainly like pancakes and things like that are just a great simple way to add or to use the syrup in a, in a regular routine. That's not just pouring it in your kid's mouth or something like that. It is. So the syrup mm. I, from a mama standpoint, you can absolutely use it on anything and it's great. We made some jelly and I'm just gonna forewarn you mamas. It is very messy our children were covered in this bright purple deliciousness. It's beautiful. That was very messy. It's beautiful, but it, but is beautiful. it stains. So there's that. So if you are kind of not wanting your white kitchen to be covered in purple, then just the elderberry in the mouth is probably the way to go. So back to, to can you overuse it? Uh, I'm sure with almost everything you can you can overuse it and and could cause issues 
generally speaking though, so our recommended dosage for an adult is three to six tablespoons daily. And then if you start to feel the crud, double what you're taking. That's not going to, generally that's not going to affect anybody negatively. It's such a good product, natural product that you're not going to overdose on that. You know, like if you chugged a bottle of over-the-counter cough syrup or something like that, you know, you'd get pretty sick. Your brain would do some funky things. Uh, That's not going to happen with with elderberry. Yeah, that's that's good to know. I think it's just because we've only ever heard it in the context of it being an immune booster and not really used as a food with jam or on pancakes that we think of it as something where you need to have a very controlled dose, or at least I think... I think a lot of people might think that. I don't know. I've thought of of it that way before. Tell us where we can best find you and follow along with you. I almost like want to hear more about your story and getting this elderberry farm. Are you guys on Instagram active on there or where, where do we learn more? Yeah. So we are on Instagram at Abby's elderberry. We have Facebook page. We have our website, Abby's elderberry.com. And then actually if we if we can, we, we are working through sharing our story in a lot of different areas of life. We, we just launched, uh, published our first episode of our own podcast and, uh, oh, it's called the fruitful family podcast where we're talking about what does it mean to be fruitful in terms of, uh, faith, family, and farming. And so we take topics related to all of those things And we just sit down and we talk about it. We share our story and our connection with those different aspects of life. And so um, that's one way to hear hear more of our story and, and our approach to how things have transpired over the years. Oh, I'm so glad I asked because, yeah, I I definitely want to go and follow along with your podcast and hear more about all of those topics. Sound very interesting to me. So that's called the Fruitful Family Podcast. And yeah, so we'll link that below in the show notes or the description box, whether you're watching this on YouTube or listening on one of your favorite podcast apps. We will link below the website and your new podcast because I think a lot of listeners would really like to follow along with that. Well, thank you both so much. And thank you for dealing with my terrible internet. That's my phone hotspot that made this a very difficult conversation to have. I really appreciate you coming on. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you so much. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Simple Farmhouse Life podcast. And I will see you in the next one.